Action Park Media. Welcome to another episode of Victory the Podcast. I'm Doug Allen. I'm Kevin Dillon. Victory! And I'm Kevin Connolly. Who, Dylan, you still can't do Irish crickets as you sip your coffee, but... Yeah, I'm going to wait on that a little bit, but here we go. Anyway, but hold on, you ready? I can for our, our Irish cricket fans out there. Irish cricket. Ah, Coors Light. Never go wrong. Never go wrong. With but, Kevin, you're fully recovered? Yeah, I feel I feel good. Yeah, a little I tired? Feel, I swear to God, maybe 95%. Amy is still not 100% recovered. She still has this, like, cloud, you know? Yeah. You get this oh, that's COVID a bad cloud. Feeling. And I remember it during COVID. You just feel your, your brain feels fuzzy. You know? Well, that's the thing. I mean, like, everybody goes, okay, it's over. Like, Cam Newton looked like... An unbelievable quarterback, got COVID, and he hasn't been the same since. Nobody really talks about that. Now they're all trashing Belichick. It means something because Tom Brady is the greatest of all time, and we knew he would deliver. But did you guys watch yesterday? Oh, my God. The guy is unbelievable. And Gronk. I mean, it's just. The three picks were pretty bad, but, you know, one wasn't on him. One yeah. was right off another guy. There was a lot of drops, too. They they dropped at least five of There were a lot passes. of drops on both sides. But you know what? At the end of the day, he outplayed Aaron Rodgers when he needed to. And and that's what I thought. And Connolly, you know what I wanted to talk about with you? What's that? Because I, I am impressed by Connolly. But you know what? You, really? I'm, get, I'm getting to this age. Of, I don't get it. What What do you see in him? You know what? <laughs> I'm getting to this age at 52 where, like, things are more important than, uh, like, I used to dream I'd win a Super Bowl. I'd do this. And now I look at Brady when he takes off his helmet. And the fucking hair is, like, remarkable. And I yeah. thought. Connolly kind of could take off a helmet during the game and have that like nice fucking helmet oh, up there. Yeah, look at yeah, that I could salad. Pull, I could pull my helmet off, and also too. I mean, listen, love Tom Brady. That sounded I be... sick. I could pull my helmet off. <laughs> I mean, don't <laughs> I do it in the booth back I there. I wouldn't be surprised if Brady had a little work done. If you know what I'm saying. What are you talking no. about? Plastic surgery? The guy hair transplant? The guy just stays in great shape. Wait, are you talking about his hair? Talking about his hair. You're a little jealous, dude. But Conley has great hair, so yeah, it's, such does, a str- it's such and a... And I'm older thing. than the guy, and I got better head of hair than he does. You know what, though? You couldn't grow yours out. It would grow... You got too weird. much curl well, it in look there. Weird. I it need look co- weird. I need to weigh in on a couple of things here. I think the audience needs to, to come into this and say whether Conley has a better head of hair than fucking Tom Brady. It's the most ridiculous thing I've ever well, heard. Well, if you want to go all natural, I, I, I you think, think he's probably tinkered a little bit. Like no. what? Like, like, a, like, a, like a hair treatment? He's always had great hair. I think there might have been a procedure at some point. <laughs> Whoa. I mean, listen. You well, heard it here first, folks. <laughs> I, I think it's Breaking absurd. News. I am hoping we get Is Tom it absurd? on the podcast. No, oh. please, I'll, I'll lie. Oh, yeah, you I'll better deny it. retract that statement. I'll deny it. I love his hair. I'm hoping we get him on the podcast, but we'll 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 check with that. But I just wanted to say, unbelievable Gronk and Brady, who are friends of the podcast. Everyone Gronk knows, had one play, but it was a big one. It was a huge one, huge, by the way. And huge. he's also listen. He's always blocking and doing stuff, yeah, and just he, having he him does. out there is enormous. Entourage cast members: Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski. I wish Edelman was on the Bucks, also enjoying this. Yeah, but uh, I'm I'm happy for them. And it great was pretty guys. amazing. We and, love that. Uh, it's great, and hopefully, just people listen to this episode before uh, next week before it's it's dead. Because it's my girlfriend's. Uh, there's she's, nothing. She's always like, "Oh my god, not again!" I go, "Oh, there's Tom Brady, my dear dear friend." Like, you met him <laughs> once. All right. Anyway, the, just so I can say, because Connolly is he's very particular about this. These episodes evergreen, bro, forever. Evergreen. Tom Brady is the greatest of all time, and people oh. will remember that he's going to the Super Bowl as the oldest quarterback in history. His first with a hairpiece. He was the greatest of all time. <laughs> Four Super Bowls ago. I am just... Okay, Dylan, we have to talk about this. What the fuck is wrong with Connolly? He's got this... 
Tom I Brady love Tom problem. Brady. Oh, I know. A, there's a lot of Tom Brady jealousy out there, and I think just Connolly's <laughs> one of those guys. I have never been a bigger fan of Tom Brady than I am right now. I want him desperately. You if weren't a goes, big fan when he showed up on the set for us for twenty five hundred bucks because he loved the show. <laughs> that didn't make you a fan. I'm joking around. I love Tom Brady, but to do it the way he's doing it, and again, the first team to play in a home stadium for the Super Bowl. And of course, it's Tom Brady. And also, yeah. too, little stat for you guys. While we're if we're not going to go evergreen, Tom Brady has gone to the Super Bowl in ten of twenty-one seasons. That's forty-seven percent of the time. Steph Curry shoots the three and averages forty-three percent. There's a better chance Tom Brady goes to the Super Bowl than Steph Curry wow. hits a three. Wow. Tom Brady has With a hairpiece. Tom Brady has as many NFC championships as Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers combined. That's- no, they each won one, each one of them. But they've been. Oh, I got you. I see what you're saying. So he just switched right, to the right. NFC. It's I, not as good as my Steph Curry stat. So I, listen, I, real I quick, actually think it's a better stat. We're going to do season two, episode 12, Good Morning Saigon. But before that. We got things to talk about. We do. Doug, what was this? I was. All right. So I, let, I was let, me, let me say, like, how Entourage always is. Lifelong friendships were basically how the show was created. And lifelong friendships have been mine. Do you guys remember Jeff Jacobson, my boy? He's been in the premieres. Oh, yeah. And the sun. Oh, so, yeah. Conley, we, he was like at the pr- couple of the early premieres, right? Your buddy. He's been on a lot of premieres. Also, great. Hanging around the set a bit. I remember him. I think he showed up on set, but he lives, he lives back east. Premieres. He would be at the premieres. premieres. Great head of hair, by the way. Plugs. Jeff, Jeff yes. Jacobson. <laughs> Jeff Jacobson's father, who I love for 30 years. I wake up on Saturday. I get this letter, and he said he's just turning 80, and he wrote this letter to 300 people that have meant something to him in his life, that he has really had some really good fortune in his life, and he wanted to share it. And he sent me a check. What? How about this? I didn't get a check. Look yeah. at Dylan. <laughs> like, Connolly's had good fortune in his life that I've helped create. He's never given me a fucking check. Yeah, don't hold your breath. <laughs> well, didn't you get one? Well, you didn't I got get yours? I got the podcast check, but I had to work from this. This Eddie Jake check just came because he appreciates me. Wow. Do you appreciate me, Kevin Dylan? Yes, I do, but I, I don't have a check for you. <laughs> Anyway, it was a... Well, listen, tell him the story. Can I ask you how much the check was? $250,000. Shut up. No, I'm just no. kidding. It oh, was, my God. <laughs> it was actually a really nice check, though. By the fun. way, that was the first words out of my mouth, Dylan. I, he didn't even get the story out. I said, how much is the check for? What are we talking about? <laughs> it was a $2,500 check. Nice. I've already... I've already donated it to the Global Initiative, which Look at uh, you. It, it does some it, it does some amazing things Great to help guy. orphans Great. in Africa. I, I split it up between them, and I'm gonna I haven't done it yet, so I don't want to get caught with his evergreen. Maybe shit. you should give it to Grenier's charity, so we get him on the show. That's or not you, a bad or idea. You could have done it to Movember, but so it's going to some German shepherds. I, I I you know you know me with my shepherds, and I love the whales too. Um, but you know what, Green Grenier, you know what? I've had enough of Grenier. I mean, well, it's like, come he's on, not, he's not responding. He's, he's not. not anything. I've had no, enough. no, he. He liked he liked something that you posted recently. I saw Ooh. that. Yeah, I have to apologize. Yeah, I'm sorry. Take I love you, Adrian. Take I love back. you. It's going to the whales. All right, I'll no, write a check for the whales. Why is this guy writing? Che- why is this guy? So anyway, checks? what happened was, and it all relates to entourage. Jeremy Piven did a play back in the day. David Mamet play. I think it was Speed the Plow. And uh, Eddie J came and 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 saw us. And uh, he saw a couple of us had brand new iPhones, which is probably iPhone ones or iPhone two. And he woke up the next day and said. 
I love it. I'm buying Apple stock. Now, my dumbass woke up the next day and bought a fucking iPod, so I didn't make any money, but he apparently made some good money, had some good fortune. But anyway, it was really... Uh, Wait, Doug, Doug, just so I can, the audience can fully appreciate this. So he was looking at your iPhones going, what? This is crazy. What a great company. And he woke up the next day and basically put everything he owned into, into Apple. And- I don't know what he put into it, but apparently it did well for him. Yeah. And uh, well enough to give 300 people these checks. So anyway, what a uh, nice guy. I just uh, want to say, though. I didn't it was make a- the cut, I guess. Huh? <laughs> Nor did I. It was actually emotional, and it was actually like a great moment. And it's my roommate in college, best friend from college. And, it, you know, listen, it's paying it forward. He felt good about it. I said to him, I don't feel comfortable accepting this. He said, you know, donate yeah, there's it. Like 300 other people. They felt comfortable, so just take you it. You know what? He said, donate it. Do whatever you want with it. It makes me feel good. We know Connolly had some some beef with some UPS people. Yeah, out. yeah, yeah. It's you figure that out? We have gotten several messages. We got DMs. Really nice really? UPS people who are going to make sure Connolly's name is cleared, make sure his packages are handled. Did you handle that neighbor, that angry I, neighbor? Well, I've been mad dogging him. I haven't confronted him yet, but I've been mad dogging him. What, what does that what mean? What do you mean mad dog? Yeah, mad. Staring him down. Ooh. Staring like where? Down. Like in the car? In the driveway, drive-by. Seems kind of weak. Well, He's hanging out there with his nine iron in I'm the picking, neighborhood. Just. By the way, the guy's spot. fucking 60 years old. He probably can't even see. Connolly's sitting out the window, and the guy doesn't even notice it. But that's Connolly's intimidation tactic. Also, get out there. Also, too, you know, you understand. I get a DM from a, from a guy uh, that's like a regional something or other for UPS. And, you know, I'm not trying... Listen, my father is a truck driver. I was raised by a truck driver. My father has rolled over 14 times in his grave when he's heard this podcast. And the thought of me having any beef with a truck driver is just, I mean, it's just not acceptable. I didn't have the beef. We put it out there. And by the way, my packages have been great. So thank you, UPS. Yeah, as I, I said last week, I apologize for my neighbor's poor behavior. As I said last week, I will UPS. deal with him. UPS has been great to me. They always deliver on time, so I'm I'm a fan of the postal service. Me too. So, yeah, yeah, we love the postal. Forget about Connolly. All right, I just want to get past your mad dog, and I want to know if you fucking end up on the ground with your neighbor, are you taking him out? I'm going to say something to him. No, but, I like, wanna... can you take him? Is Man, what we're asking. Jesus, I don't know. Guys, are really? what? Well, I mean, you wow. never know. He could be a fucking black. I mean, no, he could be an MMA. You just don't right. know. By, you don't know. Of course, you don't know he could have a gun also. But by looks, do you feel comfortable uh, well, with a physical confrontation? Listen, you, I think you're going to get smoked. You never know. This guy yeah. must be jacked. He's in your head, he's by, not, the he's not, by the way. He's definitely wait, in your wait, head. Let's just, I, I know we got to talk about it for a minute. But have you ever heard Conor McGregor? You think he could take the guy? I don't know. He might be a black belt. What, the, what are you talking <laughs> Conor about? Conor McGregor's a professional fighter. Can you actor. handle him, Connolly? Connor had a little tough time last yeah, fight. Yeah, this, yeah. By the way, Connolly's neighbor is a fucking jazz musician. And Connolly. Connolly is like scared. He's a fucking clarinet player, and Connolly is not saying definitively Look, you can take this guy down. I, I don't down. want to be overconfident. I like my chances. Uh, <laughs> if it goes to the ground, well, it depends. Maybe I'll wear ground it out. and pound. <laughs> ground and pound. But listen, that's not even the craziest thing. I told you. Did you? Okay. Did I tell you about? Uh, can we talk about Goal Sports Cafe? For oh a second? my god, there's some stuff going on at Goal. Holy goal, f- which we filmed at Goal. We have a lot of things. Goal. I just want to give a little backstory and Goal before you go into this. Well, day, you but- told it. This is where they cut they off the chocolate. Your This is where they took my sandwich. This is where... Jay, the kids are upset. This is where the Entourage guys were kind enough to take out a third-round draft pick who nobody knew who he was named Russell Wilson, (laughs) whose favorite show was Entourage. I took him out with all the guys, and we went to goal. And for that, he unfollowed Kevin Connolly on Instagram. Yeah, well, he ain't missing much. That's for sure. So anyway, tell us about your crazy bartender at goal. Well... So as it turns out, one of uh, uh, the form- former bartenders of Goal uh, stormed our nation's capital. 
Oh, oh my God. <laughs> came, came back to no job after yeah. that. Huh? Well, yeah. yeah, I mean, he's yeah. fired. Yeah. And he's not fired because of his political beliefs. He's fired because he's an idiot. Well, well, he, well he and how did you felony. find this out? I mean, did you see him on CNN? Because the like... fucking feds are fucking knocking on everybody's okay. door looking for him. So he, don't, he, he didn't they just They want to know if he's a, a gun guy. He wasn't wearing a Viking Quest costume, was <laughs> it he? It wasn't, thank goodness. <laughs> thank God. But he I think he posted like a 30-second Instagram video, and I believe he was sort of right in that, not in the doorway, maybe 25, 30 yards off that doorway, but he was there, and he was smart enough to take it down but the feds saw it. Now they're calling all the other bartenders asking if he's like a gun guy, which he's not. I mean, he was I always thought he was a nice kid, fired <laughs> motherfucker, but he was nice. Well, OK, but you two different things. Walking through the door of that Capitol and standing there protesting are different things. Yeah, Did no he doubt. walk in? Oh, I think he was on the aggressive side, bro. The FBI is looking for him. Mm. So but he was was he the he guy wasn't with, playing the violin. Was obviously. he the guy with Pelosi's? Uh, he had Pelosi's. He was the guy that had the stand. Now I don't know because a lot of shit. Goes I always down thought he was a court. nice kid. I thought he was a nice kid, and um, yeah, man, I, I, he just somehow got radicalized. Is the best way you could say it. A lot of stuff seems to go down at goal. And then you had another incident. Again, we've talked about Action oh, Park Jesus Media Christ. and the security that Connolly seems to have here because the place is one of the most unwelcoming office fronts you've ever seen <laughs> in your life. It's a double glass mirror. You look at it and you're just like, do you not. You're talking about goal? I'm talking about this, oh, this place. place. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you look at it, nobody could find it. You don't want to go in it. But Connolly, apparently, we know we had Simon Secret Sauce guy storm oh, yeah. Action Park Media last week with some sauce. We need security at Action Park but Media. But what happened with another goal bartender? <sighs> okay. So you got to understand, right? You guys come in here and it's it's chaos. You create, or Doug does, not really you, Kev, creates chaos. <laughs> but there's lots of times where we're, it's just, it's quiet and we're just trying to get some some work done. So Kevin Corrigian and I here, the master behind the uh, behind the computer, we're editing uh, another project. Sorry, guys, wasn't you? Well, you don't um, need editing on we, us. We're perfect. Oh yeah, you guys are great. No work done there. <laughs> Must um, have been Ethan Suplee's podcast. Uh, Sophie Julia, editing. Action Park's newest em- employee, and Narod are back, and they're doing stuff in the in the back office, and Narod comes in she has kind of a concerned look on her face i'm not really sure and uh she said there's a guy looking for you out in the back alley i don't know who that it could be my neighbor it could be a lot of people (laughs) Um, one of the many many homeless people that hang out back right well that's what i thought long story short one of the bartenders one of our other bartenders (laughs) not the guy that stormed the Capitol. another bartender stiffed a bookie and skipped town and the bookie showed up here at action park And scared everybody. But I went and I, I I went outside. He's a fan of the podcast. He's like, <laughs> he's a Dylan, wow. no joke. He's like, yeah, I hear Doug talking about the mirrored glass. So I figured this was the place. What, what did he, what was his MO? What did he want? You to pay the How bill? much money he, was it? He's a nice bookie. He was a nice bookie. He's a nice bookie. So he was not aggressive. He, he, he was, was not, not a, a mobster. He was not aggressive. No, it was not. like It was not like the movies. He, want, he wanted his money. I, I laughed at him because I can't help him with that. I'm How much was it? I don't really want to get into numbers, but he, yeah, he's out. He's looking for, he's looking for the guy. But Substantial. Long story short, I think we might hire this guy. What? <laughs> Wait, the guy's action a bookie, park? dude. Well, it's a side job. It's a side job. But he, uh, he asked for a job, so we may bring him into action. I'm park. still just trying to understand. He shows up at the door. He's looking for Kevin Connolly, who now, just so you know, Kevin Dillon, I always tell people Kevin Connolly is much tougher than you might think. After listening to him being scared of this jazz musician, I'm a little, <laughs> yeah, I'm no, a little, he's, uh, a little he's, 
Getting but a little old, I think. I'm Connelly not trying to fight there. with it. I'm not trying to fight with a bookie in the street, bro. All right, but the bookie, he was nice. He was but, a friendly bookie. But he shows up. What does he actually want? Money <laughs> <laughs> from you? No, I, I think I think, and and it worked because you know once uh, he's applying pressure, right? He's applying pressure. So then I call the bartender and go, "Hey, man, just so you know, bookie, uh, you want to you want to hire this guy who <laughs> runs around pressuring people to get money? I mean, I mean listen, he was a very sweet bookie. It's, a, it's an illegal. Very, he's, but he's still, he's, you know, we we all have our own <laughs> agendas. Because I tell you what, I want to do. I don't know what the number is. If it's less than a few grand, I would like to use that money to buy back my dessert at goal. If I could get the chippy back on the menu, I'll pay this jerk. He's also a bartender, and I bill. told him, I said, "Look, you know, there's going to be some openings because of the guy that stormed the Capitol and the guy that stiffed you. Maybe we get him a couple shifts at a bartender." But he was a super nice bookie. I like him. I'm just not thrilled about the fact that this other guy left without paying his bill. That that's well, that troubles me. Well, Who he's is this fired guy? Also, or he quit. He didn't have to get fired. He quit. Well, he needs the work more than the bookie because he's obviously not paying his bills. Mm-hmm. Which I I you know I don't know if anyone is dealing. with I this. I think we may hire the bookie. I don't like when you don't pay your debts. Think Dylan really does. Dylan, you not think that's a good idea? You think it's a bad idea? Just basically, well, I, you know, on the it, principle that he's a bookie. Nah, I mean, he's still. I bet every bookie usually has so money he's got to answer to. And that guy's usually in the mob. I'm just saying, you know, if you want to hire mobsters, go for it. By the way, I like how everybody, I'm learning so much new about oh. these guys. Like Dylan's very like a rule player, which is fine. I'm not making fun Right, of like it. this guy's got somebody to answer to, Dylan? Is that oh, no doubt. Yeah. What do you think, Doug? He's not putting up all his money for every bet he... I think if he had someone to answer to, that's why I think it's so strange. And I know he listens to the podcast. And I... Conley doesn't yeah, want going to come after me. To book but him. I'm saying Conley doesn't want to fight. I really don't want to fight. But the fact that he came to the alley, I mean, that's a fucking threatening it's thing. It's a fighting it's, area? Especially where with Connolly, who almost killed the Simon Secret Sauce guy for showing <laughs> up. So, I mean... My point is, it sounds like a Johnny Drama uh, character, though. The bookie. Uh, the part of the bookie. <laughs> I thought about that. Um, I did. My adrenaline was pumped a little bit. I'm not going to lie. Just because I didn't, I didn't understand whether he was coming with uh, his demeanor was. But as soon as I saw his demeanor uh, was not aggressive. I wonder if the jazz musician is going to be worried about your demeanor when he sees it. That's what I'm really <laughs> questioning about. But anyway, this really is all fascinating stuff. I hope he pays it off. I want to yell a little shout out to happy birthday to Ferris. You didn't give me your last name, but you're on an Instagram thing. So happy birthday to you, man. I hope it's a great birthday. And let's get into... He's on an Instagram thing. What? What do you mean? He asked me if I would say happy birthday to him. Oh, huh? all right. Mm-hmm. You, you should know, get his correct I talk, name and handle. I talk the to microphone. the people as much as I can. I hope both of you will do as well. We've got some great fans out there the victory page follow it victory the podcast page is growing forty three thousand strong no and it's great we have we've made friends yeah. Matt, i love maddie stew maddie stew is like i don't know he's a great guy he is a great guy maddie stew did our quiz maddie stew also does covid testing for us to make sure we're okay maddie stew is good people <laughs> yeah, i'm yeah. actually gonna call him so anyway when we come back season two episode 12 good morning saigon welcome back victory the podcast Good morning, Saigon, and we're going to have Saigon come on in a little bit, but let's talk about the episode first. Kev, you're going to kind of narrate us through this thing, right? Well, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, it's funny. What would make us decide that we're back in the Yellow Hummer? Oh, because the Maserati got stolen. You know what? The Maserati got stolen, and the Yellow Hummer, it's interesting now because it is coming full circle. We all loved that car when it started, and then we came like anti-environment animals, and now... The car's coming back. They're it's doing an electric back. Hummer, which I oh love the car. Oh, my God. It's 
gorgeous. I can't wait. And a lot of horsepower, too. It'd be great for the reboot, Doug. Yeah. Well, <laughs> here we go. well, this time, it's funny. We talked about this the other day. We're, we're pulling up at the Earth Cafe, but this time it's the Earth Cafe in Santa Monica. Yeah, which, you know, you guys talked about how it's not the... We love the Earth Cafe, so we're not trashing it. As far as architecturally sound locations, it's not the most beautiful-looking place. And when we pull up to it, we can see that. But I want to talk about... Everyone always goes, okay, what's unrealistic about the show? And I'm like, we always try to be really realistic, but the women... Ari's running and it's literally there's like there's no dudes all the girls that run by are in perfect shape and again this is not about PC I have zero idea how this ended up in the final cut there's zero percent chance I wrote it I don't know if somebody else did it was improv you're talking about got milf aren't you got milf I mean (laughs) it was so bizarre to me it you know listen maybe it's funny okay listen it is funny it might be, by the way. And in 2006, it might have been a different world. I'm telling you, like, right now, if the biggest agent in Hollywood yelled that out at the at the park. Santa Monica yes, Pier. As, <laughs> as the mother is walking around with her baby in a stroller. I mean, he would legitimately be fired the next day. But also, I just thought it was way out of character for him to just scream that at a woman. But again, I, I, I need to take myself back to 2003. I must have thought it was funny. It stayed in there. It did Season not- two, you know, we're still building our characters a little bit. We're still trying to figure out what we would and would not do. It is a strange thing. I mean, I hope none of I you... I was shocked by that, too. ...will ever like, yell wow. that out at any woman anywhere but i almost never do that (laughs) dylan sometimes can't control it but i would say if someone yells got milf at the mother of your child they deserve to get punched in the face it's just that simple would you disagree with that no agreed yeah so anyway be pretty funny but it, be pretty uh, it should have been more to himself, maybe. Yeah. I mean, he crazy yelled it at her. <laughs> it's very strange. And then, the, the again, the three or four women that run by. He checked all, out every one of them. They, but they all have perfect bodies. Like, yeah. it's not exactly. Uh, there's so much. And they're all models. They're all like six foot two. They're all models. And it's the Santa Monica Steps, which is a great place. That was Jay Ginoni hiring all these models basically they were very expensive and the santa monica steps which is the location there is a great place to go run up and down you want some good exercise and you want to you want to get your your ass built up men or women but uh he's not going there from beverly hills in the middle of the week to like go jog there so it is a time that we were like this is a beautiful location let's put it there and our extras there's one dude who runs by at one point but it's mostly all women so if you're gonna be disappointed if you go to the santa monica steps you will see some beautiful (laughs) women but there's a lot of men there as well so i don't want anyone to say we're not realistic but anyway let's get into this episode. well i had i had something to say about the scene at earth cafe when we're there vince is a little bit late yeah and okay so he's late for he's late for breakfast and we, we're all just so disappointed it's <laughs> like so devastated and like yeah but i got you this beautiful egg frittata <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he, he, all right so he was late for breakfast we're like devastated like he left us at the altar or something but we're so well sad. i think we're still coming off the last episode where everybody's worried about vince isn't a big fan of this vince mandy uh relationship so i think it's it's building those stakes a little bit which are yeah. a little low they're not you know. it's funny too vince is doing all these things so vince has the weapon training right where he's gonna yeah. test out the Dale claw, die. Dale the claw die. with they'll die and he wants to push the the session an hour right so he can be with mandy because he told mandy he, they would go house hunting or something <laughs> but oh mandy's God. also in the movie doug yeah you just say to mandy hey 
Mandy, you know this giant movie we're doing? I got to go do the weapons training. We can't look at houses today. If she doesn't understand, who's going to understand? Look, we're clearly trying to get some story out of this and some drama. um, But it is creating Vince's character that he falls in love pretty easily. And he's willing to do some stupid stuff. Um, which Dylan does in real life, we know. So, uh, <laughs> and then we also find out that the Maserati was stolen, right? The, the, where did that? They, yeah, that was kind of weird. Well, it ended up; it pays off, but but where was it stolen from? And I, I, National is a club that used to be on Beverly. I used to frequent the establishment. I used to go to National. I believe Wednesday nights was the night uh, of National. I'm not sure you did. Yeah, by the way, Connolly can give his whole club schedule from 1993 oh, yeah. to 2006. Oh, he never missed a night. National was a good was a good club. So oh, Monday Mas- you go here, Tuesday you go here, Wednesday. <laughs> Are you still on this circuit? I mean, no, no, bro. I'm retired. Well, it's because of COVID. <laughs> it's COVID, and he'll be back out there. But the Maserati gets stolen at National, which so seems let me weird, just tell you where. Off. Let me just tell you the story comes out of nowhere, but let me tell you where this story comes out of. I'm playing basketball at the park on McCadden in Hollywood. You go, you throw your keys down on the side of the court. Everybody does it who plays pickup basketball. Mm-hmm. I'm finished and I can't find my car. Now, I, I'm a little absent-minded, so I have been known to lose my car or, or forget it's there. My car was stolen and cell phone was in the car and someone picked up your keys from someone side picked of the up my court. keys what kind of car was it this was a honda accord this was oh, about i believe I they was must like, have been disappointed by that huh <laughs> well you know what i mean they grabbed the keys and they left with the car i'm sure they were fine but what happened was they had my cell phone was in the car i guess and i remember they called my house phone and were like taunting me that they stole my car okay oh my it was like God. it was like a bunch of girls i heard Golden them laughing and, this and that but anyway the car Ended up coming back to me, and I remember when I got it back, it smelled like weed, and there was a, a Jamiroquai CD in the player. Okay, whatever. Uh, uh, so, yeah. so that's where this comes so from. So the story like came from, uh, however, we got suggested that we should put Saigon in and kind of make Turtle this music manager. I was like, well, what if the car gets stolen and then they find the CD in the car. So that's really that's where, where the uh, line come. What's your car gets stolen? It's never the same, bro. It's like a, <laughs> a, ch- a dude banging your check, right? I mean, <laughs> was that the line? That was uh, the line because the truth was, I remember I didn't want that car back. Now it was fine, but I remember yeah, you're going, about to collect the insurance and then it comes back to you. Yeah, and it was actually in good shape. It, it smelled a little and the CD was there, which was fine. I liked Jamiroquai, so it was fine, but but uh, I was worried what you will get back. So anyway, that's where the story came from. So we go to the tow yard. Get the car back. Phone rings. And Shauna is bitching out E because uh, despite her warning in the last episode, there is now a three-page expose on Vince and Mandy in Us Weekly. And that's kind of a... Listen, in those days before the internet, Us Weekly was could have been a good hit or a bad hit. But when they wanted to come after you, Us Weekly wielded a pretty, pretty big hammer in those days. You wanted to avoid that. But in any event, so the phone rings. Uh, and then Ari beeps in. An emergency meeting at Ari's office. All right, so we get to Ari's office, and this is where we uh, introduce one of my favorite actors who'll come on the podcast in a couple of weeks, Beverly D'Angelo. Barbara Miller. Barbara Miller. Babs. Babs. But it's funny, too. uh, Lloyd has a good... Rex is is funny, man. He's hilarious. Um, When he's taking me, he's like... We're taking you to the war room. I'm like, the war room? He's like, it's just well, a it's, conference room. It's but. just a conference room, but Ari likes to <laughs> call it the war room. And then he says, which is one of, you know, it's a Doug Allen special. Got your favorite E, some kind of <laughs> chocolate brownie muffin or something. 
I don't know. He's got what, my favorite. What did muffins. we say? Does anyone remember? There yeah, was a, some oh. something, some kind of muffins that I like. I'm like, thanks, Lloyd. <laughs> um, and then we walk in, and this is funny, Doug, and I, and I, it, it's really hilarious. And I guess it is kind of true. But when you have a musician slash actor, <laughs> you basically have a double team, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you have the music agent, the music manager, the, the music <laughs> you know, publicist, and then you have the theatrical team so uh ari introduces e to a team of six seven people i mean that that really made me laugh and i've me too i've seen those those musicians who do have a crew and uh it is funny when there's that many people Mm -hmm. on the payroll and they all want to feel like they're important and have to be heard and uh they were all great by the way those little those little parts by each of them were excellent another great line in there too uh ari saying who wants to start this off he goes babs you got the biggest (laughs) cock in the room so why don't you start something like that right (laughs) Yeah, but I thought the best line was actually because, well, we haven't seen Eric's yet. And <laughs> oh, Con- yeah, that's right. That's Connolly right. does have this amazing way. You Pair of, uh, I thought you were going to say, <laughs> Connolly does have an amazing. <laughs> <laughs> no, Connolly has an amazing way of playing the innocent, blushing, like, child, I which is so not. But uh, <laughs> you did. You did a great job there because it actually made me uncomfortable. And how good, which I believe, listen, Barbara Miller was one of those characters talking like all of the characters we've seen over the last decade in these female movies that get to talk like guys. And she was great. And mm-hmm. she came in there and was based. I'm not even going to mention the, the name of the real agent I based it on. She was based on a very real agent. And nothing that she said in that office was not 100% realistic to how this woman that it was based on talked. And Beverly will talk about that because she knows she's mm-hmm. dealt with these kind of characters in this town. And I think some of the differences, again, just to go back to like how the, the, the thing would be different this year. Women still can get away with a lot of talking that men can't. Mm-hmm. And like I said, if if Barbara Miller was to yell got milf, they might laugh today. But yeah. if a guy yells it, 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 it might be calls to like ban the movie. And uh, I would like to add uh, in the immortal words of Kevin Dillon that I loved myself in this episode. Oh, yeah, you were great. I, I well, you I, were great. I love how you stood up for Vince. There too. I'm not going to sit here and talk about things. Real yeah, friendship. Pretty much life. tell everybody to fuck off. And then I, I don't know. Was the first time in two seasons where I really felt like I was E was thinking about putting hands on Ari. He's really upset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When, when And you were excellent. Yeah. But but as a as as your own life persona, it's weird. Some people can get away with shit, and that's why Dylan's both his human persona and your acting persona gets away with. I loved myself in this episode. Connolly's saying it; he just doesn't get away with it. You but I did. Go, Shut I the did fuck love myself in the episode. I thought it was great. But you're um, better I didn't off like letting my us. Shirt. I hated my shirt. I didn't like your shirt either. But we're, you're better off letting us tell you how much we loved you in the episode. That's it works great. better. But I loved myself anyway. Well, I loved myself in the episode as well <laughs> you always love yourself so no i actually had very little do to do in this episode that's why you didn't want to come in today but i did have funny lines did hilarious like what are you talking Wait, about did i didn't want to try to get out of work today <laughs> i did not I'm i wanted to come in at one you wanted to come in a little later so i said how about one you're like 12 30 be there be square right, we need to stop <laughs> for what we need to stop for one moment on this i when i got his 12 30 sharp i texted yeah. him on because we have like our side Prompt. chats I was like, oh, yeah, I'm sure that'll really mobilize the troops. 
weeks. Yeah, nobody <laughs> so, responded. So then Dylan today, which listen, I really actually find it funny. I don't, I don't care. So I'm, I'm just talking out loud. We're all here. Dylan's always late. Malibu, Malibu is the fucking Malibu. Might as well be uh, Okinawa because Dylan cannot get here on time. But Connolly sent a message, which you could feel it through the phone. Was kind of like the businessman going, "I'm telling you guys right now, I want I'm you to draw the time. line right yeah. now." <laughs> and I was trying to picture whether Dylan. Got angry, laughed at it, ignored it. What was your, what was your, what was going through your head? Uh, well, originally you wanted to do twelve or one. Uh, one is better for me because I have to watch the episode, take notes, do all that, and yeah, a couple. Right, of, I'd like to do some other things. Got to feed the chickens. You know, I got some stuff to do. I do some <laughs> things. So, but what was your now? Just, I, I kind of laughed and went, "All right, whatever. I'll, no, I'll make it. I'll make no, it a little earlier." Here's what you guys and look, you guys are the talent ish. Talented-ish. Yeah, yeah, we but, got it. We but got there, are, there are other things. We want Kevin here. You know, we want we have a guest. So a lot of Well, let me tell you something that when when I agreed to do this, when we talked about doing this, you said, "Oh, you can come in anytime you want. You can make oh. your own hours." Oh, <laughs> that's what I heard. Oh, really? Oh, really? Wow. Okay, see, you didn't pitch? say that. No, well, I'm saying like if by we want way, guests, you got to talk. By the way, you know you know what I got? I'm cool with it. You know what I got? You know what I got? You're lucky enough. That we even want you, okay? Because you I are, bro. Got, no, I already no. got Dylan, so that's what I got. I didn't get that flattering offer. But what's funny about the whole scenario is, so I like I'm working on a show and I have to do it over Zoom with London. So at six a.m., I'm on a call with London for four or five hours. So my point is, I got the message, and I was what like, is your point? I was like. Okay, hot shot. But I wanted to send him, so I <laughs> yeah, sent him a message. Shot. Oh, you really, you really drew the line there. So then today, of course, Dylan sends a message. I'm running a little late. The first thing I did to him was go, "You really showed him, Connolly." So <laughs> way to shake it up, Connolly. Way to shake it but up. But what I want to know now, I've had Dylan's thought on the situation, and I don't need all the details about all the people who work at Action Park. I know how hard they work and how awesome they are, Connolly. When you sent that message, twelve thirty sharp, were you like, "I'm, I'm standing up for my." self right now or, or was it just kind of a throwaway you're such a clown are you kidding do you really think i was upset i'm trying to i just organize asking. it trying to organize it we got saigon coming on he's got a life he's got to yeah, yeah, be able to weigh yeah. in no, no, I, I, I gotta do better we got kevin yo we got kevin but who do you know what's i gotta do better kind of like he's not committing to whether he could take the neighbor down he's he's kind of like yeah no i wasn't i wasn't you serious wanted, but you I, wanted I, people I would to like be to set track. i would like to set a game plan and stick to it if I'm yeah, being, yeah. If no, I'm no, fair enough fair enough all right but you know i think we should be able to make your own hours i mean me and doug said 12 31 I said one. I said one would, would be better for me. So the later, the better is what I said. Yeah. And Connolly wrote 1230 sharp, sharp, which actually I was drinking coffee with Sarah, my girlfriend. You did a spit take, I did a you? spit take because it felt like I go, I, and I said to Sarah, I go, listen, everyone knows how much I love Connolly, but I also, I don't like to see him riled up because I know how I much wasn't stress riled he gets. Up, bro. No, I, I was just asking, but I, so I laughed at first. Then I'm like, uh oh, I think Connolly's like off the rails today. <laughs> and watching uh, football, enjoying my day. Essentially, Ari lies and yeah. says that Cameron called, okay? And Vince and E find out, they, tra- they, they trap Ari, and, and, and he essentially admits that he lied about it to shake Vince up. But yeah, but I really got to talk about this because I, like... I'd be pissed, and so would Dylan. A lie is a lie. I do that shit all the time. Like, I would say, for instance, just in our little scenario, I would call... If I was annoyed that you were late, let's say, I would call you up and be like, yo, Connolly's like, really upset about this. So, yeah. so like, he <laughs> told me... James Cameron, but thank you. <laughs> he told... Well, by the way, like, imagine... Like, it's funny. If we use Connolly as the James Cameron... 
example here, and I called Kevin Dillon. I'm like, just so you know, Kev, Connolly said, Kevin Dillon, because there's two Kevins, it's confusing. Kevin Dillon, I just want you to know, Kevin Connolly said, you could be replaced. What would your reaction be? Let's say, go fuck himself. <laughs> he could replace me right now. <laughs> Then I'd go into the booth and start throwing them around. <laughs> so anyway, my question was, do you ever do that? Forgetting that it's this big, giant story with James Cameron. Ari doesn't think he control, can no, control No, I think it's Vince. great. I mean, yeah. I, I see why Ari would do that. I mean, yeah. And what do you think, Colin? I Well, I, I, listen, at the end of the day, a lie, like you said, Doug, a lie is a lie. But, you know, Vince, I mean, he misses his physical and then he wants to push his appointment. You can get in trouble for that on a big movie. And, and you were right about one thing, Doug, in the writing. Well, you're right about a lot of things. But, yeah, you don't think that that goes right to the top you skip the physical you don't think james cameron knows that in real time absolutely he does yeah especially yeah. when he's already been alerted to the fact that there's this couple going on on the set but i actually really like this story which but also I, doug remember he aside from cameron called he's concerned cameron called and quote unquote you can be replaced right now that takes it up to the next level that takes it up yeah that's a lie yeah. many yeah. levels yeah that's but i think what it was is and i i just i really like the story because it is, as Dylan was saying a minute ago, it's these best friends looking out for each other. And Ari is looking out for Vince, but he really doesn't know how to control him. So he's amping it up with a big story. And then it becomes about trust and friendship. I, I, I liked it. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed this yeah, story with all that stuff. It was great. So, it was a great. And, and, you know, Vince and E have a really nice scene when they go to Paramount and, he's, and Vince is practicing the claw. And again, Dale Dye. Perfect word. Perfect. Just so yes. we know, Guys, Dale Dye was great. Do so we remind takes. everybody who Dale Dye is. Dale Dye trained Kevin Dillon for Platoon. He's a, he also a trained former, Connolly. For yeah, trained me for a pilot that never saw gonna, the light. Of I was going to say that, but he's a he's really a great actor. But he really is. That's the craziest. He's thing. amazing. One and he's, funny, done, he's got a huge resume. One of the funny things about that scene, well, though, it's with, so ironic, bro. With uh, you know, uh, Vince is firing harpoons at whales and this killed thing. twelve <laughs> killed the whales. Dolphins. Also Aquaman's friends. He killed 12 dolphins. <laughs> and three dolphins, also Aquaman's amigos. <laughs> amigos. <laughs> and I think that might have been the start of Adrian Grenier's love affair with the whales. I or, don't know. Or, I mean, maybe. or his non-love affair with Victory the Podcast after saying, how could Doug make me kill, <laughs> kill these whales? With all that I've done, this is such a bad look on my, these are my whale amigos. resume. Now, those were digital whales. And I, I love whales. So I, of course. I, I want to help the whales, too. Hey, is this the first time we saw Captain Dale die? Or I No, know. no, he took a scuba diving Okay, once. so he must come on the show. Okay. I think we see more of him, don't we? I can't sure. answer that. I feel I, like I, I don't even remember the we show. We take it as one episode it. at a time here at Victory. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's get him on. Yeah, we should definitely get Dale Dye. He Dye wants on. to do I gave him a call. He wants to do it. Let's but, do that but ASAP. But he and Vince make up, okay? And and they're now together, and they end up flipping it on Ari, and that's the end of the episode. But let's talk about the, this, the Saigon storyline, because we're going to get the Saigon of the few minutes this is really interesting doug and, and the fact that it comes from a story in real life is pretty cool the maserati gets stolen turtle drama vince they pick up the car from the tow yard and they're listening to a really cool song and then you guys take a couple shots at e of course pick on the guy that's not there you're saying e doesn't like rap music e likes rap music <laughs> you know what we made he we knows about as much about rap music as willie nelson that hurt we we made <laughs> we definitely made e a little nerdy and and drama as well which oh no doubt you know, in 2003, it's it's actually, it's pretty hard to imagine that these guys wouldn't be into hip-hop, but it was trying to differentiate the characters, so we did that. But it's funny, you say it comes I, from- I wasn't into hip-hop. 
you in real life. But, yeah, so. yeah, Dylan's You're, a rock and roll. But you were, I loved it. But you weren't really the age. You were supposed to be 10 years yeah, younger on that. the show. Yeah. So, he should have liked Saigon. He, he should have liked Saigon for sure. But well, we, we don't got, know if he... You got to differentiate the characters, but I, it's funny. You say you love that it came out of real life, but you see how real life changes because my car that was stolen was a 1984 Honda Accord, and this was a beautiful Maserati Quattroporte. So, uh-huh. um, you know, which, by the way, we always talk about cars. That's one of the most beautiful cars on the show. Like, it still holds mm-hmm. up. The Maserati, yeah, it it's my least favorite car. It wasn't a great car to drive because no. they they let me have it for a little bit, but it was beautiful to look at. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a good looking. Looks style good on stuff. camera, but yeah. I hate it. So um, so the guys go and they find they track down Saigon, but first we stop and we see Billy Walsh. I mean that yeah. scene, That's great scene, had me. Me too. Laughing out loud. And 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 I can feel Weiss's lines in, in, in a couple of moments in there, Rob Weiss. This would be a great track for the end of QB. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, QB. <laughs> but Reese, Reese is phenomenal. I mean, it's every look he gives, every moment he has. He, he played it without looking looking at drama once. He's really he in basically, the moment. Yeah. He's really in the moment. And what was, so for people that haven't seen the episode, or hopefully you'll watch it after you're listening to this, they go to see Billy Walsh, and before they've tracked down Saigon, they're pitching. They make a deal with with uh, Billy Walsh to use this song in Queens Boulevard for ten grand and put back in drama scene, which was what scene? It was a- my liquor store meltdown. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't sound like real life. We use that from real life too. But but he Joe, wants my watch. That's yeah, the crazy I, I, thing. I that- think that is so funny. But he doesn't really want your watch for the scene. That's why I think Reese, I would love to ask him as an actor. He already knows he's putting back the scene. Yeah, he's already it's probably said, already in the scene. The scene's cut. already in, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he's just like he's he's liking the watch. I feel like he's processing the whole time. How can I get drama's watch off his wrist? But I wanted to jump <laughs> back for a half a second. Cause I think it's so funny. Adrian Vince is going to Turtle. Billy Walsh is so crazy. No, I'm not going to go pitch him a movie. I'm going to send you to go pitch him a soundtrack for the movie. And when I was watching the episode, I don't know if you noticed this. I don't think I was there on the set that day. I don't think Adrian is playing it like it's being funny. I think he's playing it really straight up that he'll send his driver over to the director's office to pitch him a, a song as opposed to him doing it, you know? Like, if it's Leo calling up a director and going, I'd like you to use this song, tell yeah. me what you think. But he sends over his driver. I, I don't know. I thought it was very funny. Yeah. It was funny. And those no two random dudes sitting in the hotel room were just no... Watching just soccer. They're right? all they're watching just soccer. doing drugs or they're on some kind of a bender. <laughs> but drama, when they leave, drama's got a great line. It's like, congratulations. You just sold the rights to a song you don't have. You don't know. You don't know. <laughs> I, just, I just love that drama is like, he will give away his watch just for a scene to be put back in. Well, yeah. listen... He'll do Anything for his career, basically. The liquor store meltdown sounds like a great scene. It sounds great. <laughs> I was gonna say, sounds like one for the. You've league. had a couple of those, huh, Connolly? <laughs> you know, we should uh, we should act that out, Kev uh, Dylan. We should do that for Recreate TikTok. Yeah, let's do it. Recreate meltdown. the liquor store yeah. meltdown with Reese directing. But I, I just think also, <laughs> I was wondering, I was thinking about it like now, like where is he in some shit motel? Like he had a hit at Sundance. Right. I, I think we shot it at a little dumpy motel on Hollywood Boulevard yeah, back when it was really rough. That, yeah. That area. It's just funny. Like, we're almost playing Billy Walsh, who was based on Rob Weiss, who Rob Weiss has been successful and living a good life for 25 years since he made Amongst Friends. But Walsh, for some reason, we're playing him almost like he's a crack addict or like from Breaking Bad. <laughs> well, he's yeah. just up to no good. Whatever he's doing yeah. in a hotel room yeah. with two random dudes is no good. But then you guys find Saigon. And I thought this scene was great. And Dylan, I loved yourself 
Yeah. <laughs> so I did I, bro. You know what, Kev? I laughed out loud <laughs> at you. I also thought, and I wish, uh, I don't know if you guys have her name. I thought Saigon's mother was fantastic. She was. She was great. Yeah. yeah. And and I love how, you know, look, it, 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 maybe it feels a little dated now, but Dylan is is so, uh, drama but- is so desperately trying to relate to this African-American <laughs> woman by, whoever doesn't know the reference, by saying he was on an episode of 227. <laughs> It's just silly stuff. So ridiculous. Yeah, that's funny. And then, but then the drive over before we get there is great too. In the car, where I'm like, we should be coming down here, not strapped. Should have brought my nunchucks. You and your nunchucks. I could shield them in my fry boots. Love that line. <laughs> that is classic Rob Weiss. Awesome. I mean, Rob Weiss probably has fry boots still and nunchucks that he's probably rolling around <laughs> with right now. On his motorcycle. He could slide the chucks in the boots. I mean, it's possible. I know, but you're going to go down to the hood with nunchucks. On Slauson. <laughs> wearing on fry Slauson. boots. No, on Rodeo, which I love. I'm OG, bro. I'm OG. I love that. You know, too. it's funny, too. For, for people uh, that don't live here in L.A., it's true. There's an exact same spelling. There's Rodeo drive in beverly hills which is obviously you've seen in all the movies and then there's rodeo which yeah. is like a straight shot to the airport basically is it the right? same no no it's same a completely spelling. different street though right no it's I mean, a completely different street with the same, same name spelling. and it's uh, like on the ro- on the route to the airport yeah and it goes through a couple of uh, tough neighborhoods but it's it's funny so there are there are two but it is a it is kind of rodeo just sounds so much fancier right rodeo. it's definitely not the same street right it doesn't no, it's i mean it goes not, east yeah. west i it think it's definitely not the same yeah. street yeah they're, they're Rodeo, Rodeo Drive is north south. Yeah. Rodeo is uh, east west. Yeah. So I mean, so. but it was just it was funny. I love I love the mother. But then you track them down. Where were they working? Did they steal the car? They stole the car. Well, it looked it looked too nice to be like a chop shop of any type, but it looked like a rim shop or something. Well, it's kind of like it's kind of like the women we got running with Jeremy in the first scene. We got cars, we got Rolls Royces, we got this. It's definitely not a chop shop. Yeah, I thought it should have been in the script. I thought that's the way it was going to be, but it looked really, really kind of fancy. And well, nice. it was like a back room of a nicer place, and the back room was the chop shop. But yeah. they. They stole the car. They just they just never really fully admitted it. And of course, drama's like, let me handle this. We're looking for a silky smooth cat. Named, <laughs> no, no, silky smooth rhyming cat named <laughs> Saigon. <laughs> silky smooth rhyming cat. Uh, Dylan, Gotta love that dialogue. You really are great in it, though. You really can play that part you. that you feel... You feel like uh, you're trying to be cool and fit in. And I know you as a human are 100% aware of what you're doing. So, like, when people say, are you acting? It's such a dumb question. So, to wrap this up, because we're going to bring Saigon on. Turtle ends up, by the end of this, as the manager to Saigon. And he has already gotten him a $10,000 payday and a song in the Vincent Chase movie, Queens Boulevard. But, Doug, before we bring Saigon on, he's coming on after this next break. Tell me... Where'd you find Saigon? Why Saigon? How did this happen? Lev found him and... Were you uh, looking for a rapper and you were like, okay, let's, we got to try to find somebody or did you find him and try to figure out the storyline? How'd that happen? I'm pretty sure that Lev had him and we built a storyline around the idea that Turtle would start to make his own way. Um, it never really materialized that Turtle was going to become this kind of music manager. But it's weird. When I watched it last night, Scott Venner, who, who, who did our music, not really at this point yet. He really, really, I mean, he had an input, but he really came in after season three to really make his mark. But uh, it kind of felt like almost Turtle was, uh, was a little bit of Scott Venner because Scott Venner was, was my friend who at the time when he started 
consulting on this show. He was an assistant somewhere like Turtle was. And then he made his mark. So I think what happened was I thought it would be great if Turtle kind of progresses the way Venner did and kind of builds a career. But I think we didn't find the space for it or Dylan started complaining that Turtle was getting more shit never, than he was. Never, So uh, look how upset he got. That was well, a joke. That, well, yeah. Well, I, uh, not everyone knows that. Jerry's storylines were great. By the way, everybody had great story. Everybody yeah. had great story. He's only kidding. Doug, yeah. I'll you are Thank only kidding. You. So at the end of the episode, just to wrap up the episode before we go to Saigon, Turtle's uh, Saigon's manager, he gets him paid, and then we flip it on Ari. I think this is a little aggressive. He takes a call from Ari and says, you know, essentially Vince is on his way to Napa to hole up in uh, uh, some winery, and the show ends with Ari Gold in his car on the PCH driving up to Napa to look for Vince. That's I not funny thought, at all. I thought it was great. I, I, felt, I loved it. He I felt payback for, uh, I, I, that's lying, what I felt for like. the lie. I felt like it was guys showing guys how we operate in our town. And if you're going to fuck with us, yep. we're going to fuck with you. I actually really loved it. And no, it's funny, but do, the question is, do the guys call him in 45 minutes and say, hey, we're joking, turn around and come yeah, home? Yeah, for sure. You don't oh, need okay. to see that. You're not gonna, right, right, right. You don't, we didn't let him drive seven hours. No. Look, we called him in 20 minutes and said, hey. The more realistic question is, is the real Ari Emanuel driving that thing? Probably oh, no. not. Probably not. So Ari Gold, Ari Emanuel, at the worst, they'd probably call like and get a plane if they were really going to do it. But mm-hmm. where? how are they going to even track them down anyway? They're gonna go. <laughs> and by the way, I love, just a little shout out to Auberge, which I, I got to find out if Auberge du Soleil, I think they got hurt in the fire. But one of the great hotels uh-huh. in the world. And I just wrote it in at the time because I loved it. And then I got a message, which obviously it's pre-Instagram. So I don't know how it came to me. But they're like, we'd love you to come uh, come for a week to Auberge de Soleil. So I pray Convenient. they're okay. But I got a great trip out of that. Convenient. Line. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I wonder if and it wasn't pre-planned. Well, well <laughs> There's uh, one in Sedona, too, Auberge. There's, there's a I don't few, know if they're related, but it's an amazing hotel. Yeah, Auberge. I think they're related, but they're great places. Also, another great place is the... Four Seasons Maui oh, that has boy. invited right, us. Listen, oh, yes. Can we do it, guys? We, we I'm going to go without you. I'm we telling can talk you right about now. it, but right now we got to bring on Saigon. He's right. hey, but, but, by but, the way, great scene shot in Malibu. Every time they shoot that house, the final scene. Oh, amazing. That house set, It just looks so great. Magic we Hour. Done, oh, my God. Magic yeah. Hour. You know what? The dinner Beautiful. scene. Amazing. We're gonna do and then King. the Rolling Stones at the end. The Rolling Stones was awesome. Yes. Sympathy, Sympathy for the Devil. Which played into the fact that were they a little mean for that? I think that was good and and I think it played really nicely, but Magic Hour, we're going to do it the Four Seasons Maui, KD, with or without Connolly. Yes. Done. We'll be back after the break with Saigon. Saigon. Welcome back, Victory the Podcast. We got a great guest back on the East Coast, star of the show, who we brought on and we want to talk to him about it. But Saigon, what's up? Saigon. What's up? What's up, man? How you doing, bro? How you doing, man? You in New York? I'm in Stanford, Connecticut, man. Close. Close, but no cigar, man. Stanford, uh, Connecticut, huh? My old stomping ground. Yeah, Stanford. You know, they, they're a little bit better on the COVID. You know, they handled it a little bit better than New York, so I, I ran. Uh, I ran away. Nice. <laughs> it was just yeah. uh, not too far from Westchester. And, uh, so where'd you go to? The strip, strip bars strip there? Joints. Yeah, 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 I actually did, yeah. Stanford yeah. had some good ones. I a rock there. 
Could throw a rock to Westchester. For yeah, you could throw yeah. a rock practice. It's like a long par five yeah. away. So Saigon, we're, you know, I, Doug, this might be a question for you, but how many people actually had an actual episode named after them? Very few, right? Mm. Busey's Beach? Very, very few, man. When you guys did that, I was like, whoa, man. Yeah. I was like, because when I when I bought the DVD and I seen, uh, you know, welcome to, <laughs> what is it, Good Morning, Good morning Saigon? Saigon? It was called? Yeah. Good Morning Saigon? Oh, man, I was, I was hyped. Uh, I was, yeah. I was So like, Saigon, do you big. remember how this all came about? Out. Like, were you working with Lev? Is that how this happened? I don't even remember. No, actually, uh, I was working with a guy named G. Roberson. Who oh, yeah. Just signed me. Who just signed me to Atlantic Records, and uh, the show was the show was brand new. Like I, I guess uh, he had a relationship with Lev and and uh, Rob Weiss, and I think even Mark, you know. And uh, and you guys were looking for a new artist, I, I, and he was like, "Yo, they they want an artist that's on the cusp of blowing up and just new, but you know, like underground, like like, like almost like I, the, the role I played on the show." So you know, I didn't, I would think, I didn't think nothing of it. I was so hype about getting a record deal because I had literally just got my record deal that month, so I. I was so gung ho about being on Atlantic Records. I was like, TV, I don't give a shit about a TV show. <laughs> so yeah, so uh so um they were like, Would you would you would you mind flying out to California to at least read for it and, and audition for it? I was like, Yeah, you know, can't hurt because I think you guys had already wrapped season one, the eight episodes. Right. I don't know if it aired. I don't know if it had aired yet, but I know you guys had had, had uh, uh wrapped the uh the first the first season, which was eight episodes. So when you came out to LA, you didn't really know the show. You just know G yeah, was I didn't telling know the you to. I didn't. I had no. I was. I was literally. Oh, I can't believe they made out. you audition too. <laughs> yeah, and they, they did make me. Yeah, I had to read. I had to wow. read for you know for Doug and, and Lev and Weiss. I had to read. You know, so and you know it's funny because I did one independent film like prior to that, like years ago. This film called Rage and Discipline. It was actually uh, produced by Roger Corman. Right, uh, and, yeah. um, but it was a super indie film, and the they always are those Corman movies, green. bro. You talking about they 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 put it on this BET movie of the week one time, and we had cursed so much, everything was beep 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 beep, beep. like. While we were shooting, nobody like watching was like, Entourage on uh, Spark, Spike, Spike TV, Spark. Oh Spike. man, like I couldn't. I I was like, damn. Why nobody told us to you know cut cut back? Because he was like, oh, improv. We were like, you guys would talk, and we talk with a lot of curse. So he's like, motherfucking fuck shit. Mother-. <laughs> when you got seven curses in a row, it sounds like beep. Beep, beep. <laughs> Probably had a good rhythm to it, the beat. Yeah, you know, like like sound like Morse code or some shit. So after you got Entourage, how long later were you shooting it? Um, once they once I realized I got the part, you guys you guys flew me out there pretty quick, and um I was staying in Westwood. I was staying at one of G's apartments in Westwood, and I still I'm not gonna lie, I still was like, get me back in the studio, let me knock this shit out. It was like you know, there's not too many lines, and um I think I was I was I ended up getting more scenes afterwards, but because I, in the first the first uh. The first scripts you guys have sent me, it was like I was supposed to be kind of in and out, you know? So it was like, okay, it's a, it's a small part. I went out there, I read you guys, and then a couple of weeks later, I was out there uh, shooting, shooting it. Yeah. And, and I remember... Crew. I remember that, yeah. I remember realizing how big a deal it was when I seen the production set, when I seen like 80 million trucks and shit. I was yeah. like... Oh, this 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 <laughs> this might be bigger than I thought. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and I seen that it was a real production. It was then, a little uh, bigger than the Roger Corman movie, huh? <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. Well, we had one camera, one camera guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you should have known yeah, when you yeah, saw it, Kevin it, it, Dillon, big shit was coming. But <laughs> so then, okay, so we do it. We shoot, which you know we could talk a little bit about the shooting. But when it aired, is is the show then kind of taking off? Did it did it hit? 
Yeah, season two. But see, when the show aired now, now by season two, it's a hit. It's a baby hit. It's a hit in the making. So now I'm excited. Like once season one is, and I know I got this in a pipeline because now everybody's talking about this entourage shit. And I mean, like you guys seen that shit was meteoric. It was, it was like woo. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. So now I'm getting excited about it. Now I'm like okay. And I remember one thing when Doug. I don't know if Doug remembers this when I was shooting. The, my first scene, like the the garage scene, I I'm I'm like a bit of perfectionist in music, so I kept telling Doug like, "Yo, I could do it better. I could do it better." He's like, "Saigon, we got what we need." I'm like, "Nah, but I could do." He was like, "Bro, trust me, if we needed you to do it over. <laughs> we'd, we'd ask you to do it again." <laughs> oh yeah, he, he, and oh, I, you I would think be I doing it over. Annoying, it Twenty he was times, like, bro. <laughs> I got what the fuck I need. <laughs> I'm like, "Yo, Doug, but I could do it better, man. I'm telling you, I could do it better." If I was rude, I apologize. But Dylan probably did that to me 400 times before yeah, that. I'd always so. want extra takes. <laughs> but I will. Uh, and Saigon and Doug it does feel odd complimenting you but we talked a little bit about this last week that was the best thing about when Doug was there when he said you got it you did have it for sure it was only the first time that I did that because afterwards I realized that he he had what he he needed you know so I got an interesting question though because you don't know the show when you're acting in it with these guys Mm -hmm. is Jerry I mean Again, maybe you don't even think it's funny, but are you able to keep a straight face with Jerry and Dylan? Because I thought that I was laughing no, my ass off. No, because because you was making it hard. Because every, <laughs> especially in a, uh, and like I said, my first scene was the garage scene. You know, when we stole the car and you guys came with the with the CD. You would do this thing before every take, like, Uzuntai! Or some shit. Uga! <laughs> yeah, that's Dylan. Yeah, Uga! And, and I'd be laughing so hard, I couldn't get a straight face before. Because I'd still be laughing at that shit. I'm like, yo, yeah. I'm doing just not, to kind of fire myself that up a little bit. <laughs> Sometimes when we were really like tired, do that Conley would go, uh, give us an Uga. We need some energy here. Oh, man. That shit used to make me die laughing. Yeah. And I couldn't get back in the character before you guys would take. So I, sometimes I'd be like, Come on, come on, Kev, please, just don't do it this time. Oh, <laughs> shoot, sorry about I'm that. I'm trying bro. not to laugh. Distracting sorry, actors, man. Yeah. <laughs> these are times I'll never forget. Like, these are times of my life and my career that were like, man, some of the best times of my life. So, Oh, cool, man. Well, it was good hey, how many incredible. episodes did you end up doing? You did a bunch, I ended up right? doing. I ended up being probably in three or four episodes. Yeah. I think three or four. But you guys talked about me again for another five. So it kind of felt <laughs> yeah. like. Turtle was mad at me for another five episodes. He kept <laughs> yeah. saying, fucking Saigon. So yeah, every time right. he said my name. After it airs, did, did you get a big reaction? After it airs, big reactions, an understatement, man. Like, that show turned me into, like, that show let me know what it felt like. For those three or four years, I know what it felt like to be famous. Like, really famous. Like, this popular, then this famous. It's it's. I felt famous for those couple years, you know. Before that, I was a little popular and all of that. Then I went back to popular. But for those few years, I was famous, <laughs> <Yeah>. bro. <laughs> you know what I'm I was famous as a motherfucker. And to this day, to this day, like I guess because I grew my hair and, you know, I got I grew some facial hair a little bit more. I introduce myself to people and I go, yeah, I'm Saigon. And they, and they say, oh, like the guy from Entourage? <laughs> and I got to be like, sometimes I'd be like, that's me. But sometimes I just don't even bother. I'd be like, yeah, like 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 the guy from Entourage. <laughs> yeah, I do that too sometimes. That's how yeah, I get that, that all the time. That Johnny drama thing. <laughs> 
So, oh no, I could imagine. I could imagine, bro. So people on the, uh, you know, the victory, the podcast page, which we have this page you saw today, they had some questions they wanted to ask you. And, uh, let's see, I don't know who it is, but this one guy says the episode where you're at the house with the guy smoking, he wants to know why you didn't clear the bong. Does he not smoke or was it a shot? A bunch of times and just not caught. Oh boy, it's not a question I would Did ask. Clear the social bong? media team. I don't know. I don't even like this. What question. the What the hell does clear the bong? I, I guess get the old stuff out. You tap it out, and you you know you could you could add to the bong without. You don't have to clear it every time. Actually, for somebody who doesn't really smoke. In real life, I thought I did great because I'm watching. I'm like, I look like a real smoker, and I really don't yeah. smoke weed. So, I, I I was I was convinced. You know, what I'm saying? I was like, I'm sure they know by now we wasn't smoking real weed. Like yeah. that's the number one question people used to ask me. Like, yo, I said, do you know how high we would be if we had to fucking do all them takes and we were smoking real, real weed? <laughs> we would have forgot our lines. We'd have fucking yeah. We would have forgot our lines. Dudes would have fell asleep. Like, there's a lot of work that goes into you know getting the scenes right. So when exactly. you got to do a bunch of takes. We can't use real fucking weed to be doing all these things. I thought you, you know I, thought, I, mean? I thought you killed it. I just you so did. you guys know, clear, clearing the bong, and I, listen, I haven't taken a bong hit in about eighty-two years, but I think it's when you you light it and then poof, it blasts through. Like you finish it, like oh, it snaps. like when it goes oh, yeah, back. Oh, I know you snap it yeah. and you clear. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not that experienced. <laughs> I'm not that experienced. But I, I tried though. I tried. I tried, man. So did did it. Did being on the show, did it help the music career at all? Did that get you any new doors and anything? Um, it, it, it helped my life. And, man, I, I still get out of park fucking speeding tickets because of that. <laughs> like, it's, it's helped my life in so many ways. The only way, the only way it hurt my music career is because the label wasn't ready to catch up to the speed that Entourage was moving at. Oh, that's right. And, I remember that. Yeah. And, yeah, they, could, yeah, they wasn't able to catch up because the show was doing so well. And they didn't feel like they had the album that they wanted to to put out. But I'm like, let me, I was happy with the album that I created. And I was like, you know, let let this shit work hand in hand because the show's doing well. At least let me get my foot in the door with the music. And I was at a time where they were like 50 Cent had just came out. And they like, he sold gazil- 20 gazillion records. So and he, they were just trying to make me compete with 50 Cent. And I was like, bro, first of all, we two different kind of artists. Mm-hmm. Second of all... I want to build my. I want to be able to build my career step by step, like a Nas or the Roots or people who get to last long because they have a foundation. And and Atlantic just cared about swinging for the fences. And and another reason they were like, and I'm like, if y'all put this music that we have out now along with what's going on with the show, we we things are gonna resonate to the point where the next album is gonna do better and we're gonna be able to grow. And and we just didn't see eye to eye on from that aspect. Mm-hmm. And another thing, like when I would when I would go out and and the show got so big, when I would go out and try to do my music, motherfuckers used to be like, "Oh, this guy really's trying to rap now." Like the guy from Entourage thinks he's a rapper, and I'd just be like, "Yo, what the fuck?" Now nah, I was rapping. They found me rapping. What the fuck yeah, yeah. Like, they thought you were an actor you know pretending they to found rap me yeah. on the rap. Like this shit is real. It's, it's like basically loosed on reality. Wow. And people wouldn't. A lot of people weren't. They weren't. They they felt like, especially actors in Hollywood. They thought you were an actor like, pretending to be a yeah, rapper. Yeah. They they they. Oh, they hated you're the opposite. That shit, bro. Do you do any more acting? Have you done any more acting since Entourage? Or? Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. I got a film coming out. Nice, I got a film bro. coming out called Shadows. Nice. Uh, you know, I did. I did a, a little. I did a lot of acting after that. Actually, yeah, Entourage. Entourage was was uh, actually a, a great, great, great thing for for my career. 
Yeah. Because it opened a lot of doors and it put me in a lot of rooms I wouldn't have been in getting had I not been on that show. Nice. It, it introduced me to a lot of friends and people I would have probably never got next to had I not been on that show because that show, so many people love the show. So they were more capable of, of being open to do business and to even sit with me and talk with me because, you know, they were fans of the show. Yeah. Well, it's awesome. Yeah. I, I mean, and, and we loved having you and it's, I, I feel bad that, uh, you know, that kind of thing happened. That happened with, you know, Saigon came back for the movie and did a little scene with Mark Cuban and we were talking about the Avion Tequila, which was my friend's oh, company. Was and was it was funny. like, you know, his dream was to get it on the show and then all of a sudden everyone thought it was like a fake tequila. So, you know... Obviously, it was a blessing for him as well, but a little bit of that kind of, um, you know, how do you separate the two? But uh, listen, man, it, uh, it, yeah. Doug let us do an improv scene. Like, I wasn't written into the movie, but, I, you know, I used to harass Doug. Like, yo, <laughs> I used to DM Doug. Like, Doug, I don't give a fuck if I got lines or not. I got to be in this film somehow. Nice. Even if I'm taking, even if I'm taking out the garbage or something. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I got to be in a film. So he was like, fly out, and I'll make it happen for you. So oh, awesome. Power out. move, bro. I love that. Yeah, Doug's the man, bro. Doug, Doug always held me down, bro. Nice. Always, I love that guy. I love you, guy, man. You know, you. Know, I don't, I don't, I don't want to like be bouncing around because I'm excited right now about even talking. I miss the crew. Y'all, 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 the brothers. Oh, no, man, we had a good time. Yeah. So he let, he let, and I, and I, and I DM'd him the other day, Doug, because I was in Target. So while when when Doug let us do an improv scene, I I played off the whole uh, Shark Tank thing <laughs> with, with with Cuban. Nice. So I was like, bro, man, I got an idea for Shark Tank I want to pitch to you. He's like, what? What are you talking about? So I was like, think about it, man. You own a basketball team, bro. Sweaty ball wipes. Like, guy, <laughs> a guy you ain't got time to hit the showers. He could just go pick up a, you know, it's almost like women got them little sanitary napkins. But <laughs> yeah. they don't make them for us. I'm thinking sweaty ball wipes, man. He said, sweaty ball wipes? I said, yo, sweaty ball wipes, bro. So, so, so you know, he laughs me off like, beat your feet or whatever. So I'm in Target the other day, and what do I see? Sh- sweaty ball wipes. No way. Let's show them. Is they weren't Cuban called sweaty ball wipes. They were called some other shit. But I sent it. I took a picture and I sent it to Doug. I said, "See, Doug, I was on to something." I mean, wow. you were always ahead you of the game. Should get a piece of that. I wonder. Yeah. I I'm gonna some. make a few calls. <laughs> I wonder if Cuban's involved with that, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I know, right? Cuban pro Yeah, I should have looked at the fucking packages. Like, Mark Cuban man wipes and shit. Yeah. Well, I mean, listen, man, it is, it brings back a lot of great memories. And uh, I remember when we were searching for you and we wanted to find someone that we thought was a great actor and had music that we all loved. So you brought both of yeah. those to the table. We appreciate it. And uh, thank y'all for letting me use my name because I know that's that was one of my things. I said, I, before I even got the chance to do the show, I said, do you think it's possible I can use Saigon instead of like a, a made up name? And you guys let that rock. And you guys, man, like I said, me and me and Jerry have become lifetime friends. Like, that's like my brother, bro. Like me and Jerry, even his mother, I talked to his mom. Like, <laughs> like she's the me best. and him became like this. Like, that's one of my closer friends in the world. And that bond started but be, be, you know, because of Entourage and to the point where, you know, I'm the I hold myself partially responsible for Jerry's new for his new little bundles of joy because <laughs> when I had my when I had my daughter, you know, she was about eight months, seven months old, and Jerry was shooting a movie and I brought her to the movie set and he met my daughter and he held my daughter and, and, and he just was like, Oh man, Sai, you're giving me baby fever, you know? Like, <laughs> oh 
And then, you know, a couple years later, you know, him and his wife, you know, they they gave birth to, to little Jacob, and now they got the baby girl. Yep. Yeah. So, yep. you know, and, it, and Connolly's got a baby girl coming, too. Coming soon. God Dil- bless Dylan you, Dylan might as well. We haven't heard man. about it, but uh, we, uh, anything's possible. Nothing happening on that front for me. I already got two. <laughs> I love seeing you guys, man. I, I, I love just, just it, it, it brings back. It was so long ago, but it seems like so it, it was like like yesterday because yeah. we shared a lot of good times. It so does doubt, feel like no yesterday. Doubt. Another was, story I want to tell yeah. y'all. This is a this is a story probably none of you guys know except Mark. It was one of those launch parties. I think it was season three. Yeah, it was a season three launch party. One of those fancy parties that regular guys can't come to and shit. <laughs> and I remember. I remember seeing a few rappers and basketball players who recognized me online. But I'm walking in with you guys, with like Mark and walking in with you guys, and they're like, "Yo, side, like, like I could get them in." I'm like, "The fuck you? <laughs> <laughs> you see who I'm with?" Like, so you know, I remember Dame Dash, like, "Yo, side, going, bro, hook it up." I'm like, "Damn, I'm not even supposed to be in this motherfucker." And if you're Dame Dash, and they won't let you in. If I wasn't with Mark and these guys, I definitely wouldn't be getting in. So if you think I have the juice to get you in, bro, I, you're sadly mistaken. But that night, you know, I, I was as I'm standing around watching all the females just stare at Mark and shit, like, <laughs> oh, God, it's, it's, they just be, like, staring at this dude. You know, you know Dylan, him, Dylan thought they were know. staring at him. Thanks for breaking his heart. <laughs> so, oh, <laughs> so as I'm watching some, I, you know, I get a few drinks of me, so I'll go over to talk to him, and we, you know, we're making small talk, and I, something in me was like, yo, I try to convince Mark Wahlberg that he should make another rap album, and the guy, you, you talking about if looks could kill? If looks could kill, he would, I would have died at that party. He did not take well to that. I, I tried to really, I got drunk, and I'm like, yo, think about it, man, like, this is your time, this is time to come back on some Marky Mark shit. Wow. And he's looking at me like, are you fucking retarded? <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea. I don't think it's a bad I think idea. It's a good idea. Like, uh, do you know what I've been doing for the past 10 years or so? <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, I'm only an A-list fucking actor yeah. in the Hollywood. Yes. Yeah, so. Like, you want me to go back? To make a fucking rap record. I have a Why half not? a billion dollars in the bank. Do you really think I'm going to get know. back in the studio? Yeah, exactly. I mean, J-Lo's yeah. making albums. You want me to go hang out in Boston, too? Should I go hang out in Boston on the corner and shit? Yeah, that's what you should have told him, Saigon. Do you another underwear ad. You should do Calvin Klein ads. <laughs> yeah, doing it. <laughs> Something with socks would be fucking magical, you know? No, but man, those those, those guys are great guys. And then at the and then at the the party, the premiere, the launch party for the movie, Mike Tyson was so high, bro. He had me nervous. Like, I'm I'm like, yo, Mike, what's up? He like, okay, I know what that I know what that face means. And, and enjoy your night, Mike. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> Well, anyway, Simon, this was fucking great. We'll we'll maybe do it again. We'll talk about the movie. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, it was yeah, great man. to see you. We'll talk on. Uh, well, I'll talk to you on message after. But uh, it really Good does. Times, it it, thank, it brings thank back. Thank you guys for having me. And, and again, I just want to congratulate you guys for making an amazing piece of uh, history, an amazing show that probably that has stood the test of time and, and will stand the test of time because kids watch it now and they get into it, and kids who didn't know nothing about it and. I still get a million tons of people who talk about Entourage. Of t- I mean, we we ten years later, and um, so that's how you know you did something that was very impactful and something that made it and made a mark and made a stain. So, congratulations to you guys, and thank you for having me a part of it. You know, I learned so much from it. I learned professionalism. 
I learned about I learned I learned a lot from you guys. I just want you to know that. Thanks, bro. Thank you, man. Hey, maybe we'll get you in the reboot. If we could talk Doug Ellen into yeah, doing it. There's gonna be a reboot. They have to reboot. By the way, Saigon, how old are you now? Maybe he can play Vince because we can't get fucking green. You can rally old. around him, yeah. Yeah, you know, I you know, I, I you know, I'll die I, I could make myself look young. I could make myself look old. You're looking yeah, good I'm, right I'm now. Early forties, but good. I know how to I know how to I know how to trick it. I know how to trick it. You know. Hell yeah. Well, stay. Yo, what's safe. up? Why why hasn't Adrian done the podcast? I don't know. Why don't oh, you? Dude, you know, he'll do it. He's in I Australia. Mean, so. I mean, Saigon. I know you've left some of your tougher roots behind, but uh, maybe you could send some threatening messages over there and get him on. <laughs> Be like, yo, man, what happened to the honeysuckles? What was the name of this group? <laughs> the Honey Brothers. The Honey, honey Brothers. brothers. Oh, the honey. <laughs> what happened to the honeysuckles? Hey, that's an even better name. The Honeysuckles. Just so everyone knows, the Honey Brothers are a band that Adrian was in, but but Saigon, yes. Yeah, so <laughs> no, say, if you don't do the podcast, I'm playing all that Honey Brothers shit. Well. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much. I'll hit you up after this, but we appreciate love, it. And, man. Uh, thank y'all so stay much. Stay safe man. and best of the family, Peace man. Love, brothers. Yeah. All right, Saigon. Thanks. Take right. it easy, bro. Right. Take care. Later, right, be man. Good. Peace. I mean, listen, I got to be honest with you. He got me a little emotional. Like, you know, it was like, it did bring back a lot of memories. And it does feel weird that it was like 15 years ago. And it does kind of feel like yesterday at the same time. What a great yeah. guy. He's the best. He's just a, always has been a really big hearted, great guy. Just a nice guy. Yeah. You know, a couple of interesting things that, that he was saying, which has uh, really got to be kind of crazy in hindsight. He was saying that essentially... The, the record company didn't want to ride the entourage wave and kind of, right? Is that what, what he was saying? They didn't think uh, his album was ready at the time. And he did, though. And he felt He said, was. I think it's ready. Let's roll it out with yeah. the show while yeah. it's airing. Doug, do you think that would have been a good call on their of, part? Of course I do. Yeah. I mean, I, I, sold a bunch I of wonder if they knew, because like he said, he was he was filming the show before the show really blew up. So I think they underestimated where it would be when it actually aired. And of course it would have been great to have mm. that coincide with each other. And you know, he's a super talented guy. And just like everything else in this business, timing can often be everything. And, yeah. uh, you know, and you do have to capitalize on those moments, which is, um, you know, why uh, we're trying to capitalize on this. So anyway, it was a great conversation. It's also funny to watch you like, Listen to you kind of try to talk street when you're talking to like a guy that's. Did you, did you pick up on that? Talking to me or Dylan? I'm talking to you, Doug. I do not change I anything not, for anybody. I did not hear him talk street. Yeah, a little bit. He's street, so like, on. Yo, I'll hit you later, bro. Like, you take like, it easy, you silky smooth rhyming <laughs> cat, Saigon. Connolly's so on me because of this fucking. Well, you're so OG, position. bro. You're I mean, so yeah, OG. Yeah, yeah. Yo, bro, I'll hit you after. I'll hit you after, yo. Are you going to hit people? <laughs> I mean, the truth is, I was, you know, the truth is, you want to know what the real you truth is. You never say, Connolly, I'll hit you later. You know my motivation was the guy in the booth the little man businessman <laughs> he has me so fucking stressed like i could talk to saigon for an hour and a half but Connie's like listen i gotta be at the doctor in 30 minutes so i need so like i i do i feel i feel the pressure i said we did an hour of the episode and we want to keep the uh doug also too by the way nice try you struck out four times but you really did try to wrap it up and i appreciate it but you know i mean i think you know we have a sweet spot for length of the episodes it's a little long we'll figure it out but he was a great guest listen i'm a team player i'm a team player i try to listen to everybody and uh you know i i try to be on time i try to be a (laughs) 
I'll be on time next time. I got to say, guys, I really do mean this. I love you guys, and it was emotional to see him. It was. Oh, no doubt. And uh, it makes me think. It's like I do think about all these things. Watching Kev, Dylan's kids grow up on this show. Watch Jerry have a baby. Collie's about to. My kids grow up on this show. It's Adrian's whales grow up on the show. It's just like, (laughs) it's all weird. So, Yo, I'll hit you after we're done recording, bro. (laughs) (laughs) You have never told me you'll hit me. That's all I'm saying. That's all I want to say. Anyway, it was uh, was a great conversation. And that wraps up another episode of Victory the Podcast. Uh, I'm Doug Ellen, but you can follow us and please do at Victory the Podcast page and the Twitter and the TikTok and all that stuff. I'm Kevin Dillon at Kevin Dillon Official. Victory! All right, and I'll hit you guys up later. (laughs) Good show. Later. It's in the game. Watch out.